preacher When the story began Of the choice of a lady And the love of a man I loved her so dearly He went out of his mind When she left him for someone That she left behind So it's... Hi, welcome to Weekly. Hi, welcome to... Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics. (laughs) Two freaks... Two freaks, a two true freak. Let's take four. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics. The <laughs> two true freaks, and here comes the cat. Here we're gonna have a few false starts in this one, but I'm keeping them all. We're doing it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, the two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. There now the mouth is working, and we are covering Precast, the penultimate episode of Preacher ever episode 9 of season 4 called Overture uh, Overture to what? Hmm, the last episode of the season that's why it's the penultimate one Google dictionaries right at your fingertips kids if you don't believe me does that mean that last week was antepenultimate is that right? Is that the right word to use? I don't know you know I, I don't get I don't care about the fancy names except for the last two uh, I don't know what, what was it? <laughs> That, that's too long. I'm surprised I even got penultimate out, because I usually can't say that word without several tries. But everything else is crashing on me, so of course I can do the fancy words tonight, I think. <coughs> it's the simple ones, it'll be a chore. So we're here with uh, Beth and Brian Hughes tonight. Pat Delmore had to take the evening off, but we're going to uh, make sure he's back with us for the for the last episode. And, and once again, we're just going to shame Chris Tyler a little bit. Pyramidal hero for not keeping up on this. Ding, shame. 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 We started this together, man. You gotta get caught up. When he does get caught up, we're gonna do like a one off when, when Pyramidal hero finally watches all this. We'll we'll like, I'll regather and get his thoughts on it or I'll just make him record something for me and, and like do it all in like Cassidy's accent through the whole thing as punishment. He needs to be tortured. Chris Tyler, a hair metal hero, needs the tortures of hell. Um, as you've heard about some of them last episode, uh, you know, use your imagination. But <sighs> Let's get into I this. I don't need to with this show. This show leaves nothing to the imagination. No, no, no this, this not one, at all. <laughs> this one was mild as far as the, the cringe gross factor compared to last one, but it still got pretty nasty in, in places. Uh, <laughs> very nasty, actually, just in different directions than the whole ants up the rectum and nipples flying off in the last episode. We have a whole new bunch of horrors for you in this one. So and the like one nice... before that were spigots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no more spigots, but we've, we've got other implements of destruction going on down in that area in this episode. All that in a, in a Wizard of Oz uh Homage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good Just, stuff in this one. Yes. <laughs> so let's get into it. Jesse looks at the empty eye socket uh, that used to contain his eye in the bedroom mirror, and then he flips his eye patch down. So he's rocking the cool look from the, uh, the comics with the eye patch now. 
And in their room, Cassidy wonders, uh, him and Tulip are talking, wonders if uh, they should tell Jesse that um, they slept together. And, and Tulip's, of course, like, you know, the vampire figures Jesse will understand, but Tulip, you know, immediately says, no, we can't do that. And Cassidy agrees to keep silent. And Jesse comes in and Tulip immediately tells him that she and Cap- Cassidy slept together anyway. <laughs> Rip the band-aid right off. She tells Jesse that, you know, he was gone. They thought he was dead. Fair game. They can't feel bad about it. And Tulip invites Jesse to lose his shit and get over it. And Jesse calmly asks her for, or thanks her for telling him. And he assures him that he loves them both very much, no matter what. And asks if there's anything else. And Cass just is like, oh, I suppose we should go to Masada and rescue Humper to stop the apocalypse then. And uh, all in her agreement. So, uh, really, after you lost an eye to God, pretty much everything else is small potato. Yeah, else. right. Well, I'm going to hell. Going to hell. Is, <laughs> yeah, he explains that to Cass later. He's like, yeah, I got a little perspective, you know, but I'm back. You know, he makes sure to still lift his leg and mark his territory. <laughs> uh, in Masada, attendants bathe Humperdew, dress him in too, too long of a slow motion take for my taste. Uh, just, you know. The old Catholic in me, just not really into seeing naked Jesus or Humperdew for that matter. Uh, well, it's just because you really never know where he's looking at. <laughs> That's part of it, and you know, I'd, I'd be worried about that he, you know, he, he'd be looking at something that makes the uh, holy sword come out again and and wreck my childhood <laughs> even further than it already has been. <laughs> I mean, retroactive Sunday school nightmares because of this show. <laughs> so they take him through the crowd, and everyone's like, oh, you know, of course, the whole the general worshiping the Messiah kind of vibe. And the Grail staff uh, cheer Humperdew on, and one man asks for his blessing, and, of course, Featherstone and the guards just kick him back into the crowd and, you know, basically rough, roughhouse him. And they took Humperdew into the conference room with Star, and the dignitaries are waiting they all applaud, and you know, he grabs some cupcakes from the buffet, and Jesus hugs his descendant, and everyone laughs, and they realize that Humperdue has smeared uh, two cupcakes right at breast level on Jesus's cloak. Uh, <laughs> a woman has Jesus take a photo of her with Humperdue, and Jesus and Hitler uh, exchange glances, and you can tell that you know Jesus is just f- feeling the uh, feeling the jealousy that he's not Dad's favorite kid anymore. I do have a question mm-hmm. based on what you just said there. Do you think during confessions that any of the priests ask the people if they watch preacher? And if so, what punishments do they um, dole out for that? I, don't know, I haven't been in a Catholic <laughs> church in a while and I, I'm not sure I ever did confession. Actually, I was kind of a bad Catholic. Just t- 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 took the baptism and ran as it were. Uh, yeah, thanks for the salvation. I'll, I'll think about you on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I don't think I ever got to the confession. But if anything like my, my taxi cab confessions used to be, um, I would throw them out in the road oh, and run over them several times. But no, I, I suspect a priest would probably at least 10 Hail Marys and, you know, a good chunk of our fathers and then, you know. Make sure you show up every Saturday for communion or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, although I, I'll go out on a limb here, uh, <laughs> a finely barbecued rib limb, um, and say that probably a lot of Catholics are, are actually preacher 
preacher fans and probably some priests too, because you know, catharsis. You got to get that shit out somehow, or you start murdering people or doing bad things to children. So, and it's been a number of years since dogma. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> too many years. Yeah, fucking Kevin Smith's got to do another Jay and Silent Bob, you know, reboot. We can't do anything more with Dogma, which is probably his best movie. What's wrong with that man? Anywho, uh, <laughs> later Star prepares the apocalypse review, and Humperdue stares at a glittery shoe. She looks like he's about to try to eat. Um, Lara takes Humperdue to his dressing room and God greets him. Jesse stands in the desert and tries to order God to appear using the voice, but nothing is happening. Tulip uh, tells Cassidy that Jesse and she had a good feeling about things, you know, where things are heading instead of a bad feeling. I actually took that as a, a Star Wars reference, but they, they did a reversal thing on us. I have a good feeling about this. When she leaves, Cassidy asks Jesse if they're good, and Jesse says that he, you know, gained perspective when he went to hell and had Anne shoved up his ass and, you know, figured that his uh, best friend sleeping with his girlfriend probably wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. And he admits, hey, yep, I was gone. You thought I was dead. Fair game. But now he's back. And he said he, he kind of implies that it's like, yeah, yeah, I had your fun there, Cass, but she's my girl. Till the end of the world. And as they walk past, the archangel and the demon are still fighting. And uh, poor Kamal is just hauling bodies out to, you know, uh, awaiting funeral pyre, you know, eventually. Um, you know, as they just keep racking up deaths and, and, and regenerating. Uh, Jesse asks if they mean to rescue Humperdue or, you know, or kill him. And Cassidy tells him it's a rescue mission, you know, but we're not sure what page Tulip's on or not. While Kamal, uh, oh, already said that, Kamal drags out dead bodies. Cassidy tells the Archangel and uh, the Demon that they're ready to leave while Kamal burns the bodies. Chief Whitman, which is apparently the cop's name, so you see he's not part of the sexual detective duo we were speculating about. He watches as Craig, remember the old uh, TV morning show guy who kind of freaked out? Well, he freaks out even further and goes berserk and kills the bubbly-voiced hosts. And the grail interrupts all of the channels to prevent the apocalypse review. Uh, Whitman recognizes Star when he comes out, and Star says that today is the day when the world will come to an end. The grail audience cheers, and Star explains that they'll first do a few opening acts. Uh, when the clock hits zero, the Messiah will dance, signaling the apocalypse, the righteous will be spared, and the sinners will get theirs. <laughs> uh, the Archangel and Demon eventually fly Jesse, Cassidy, and Tulip into the Archangel's old cell. And the two Celestials touch Jesse and tell him, be careful, because that's his baby. You know, that's their baby in there. And the three leave the cell and walk down the hall. God tells Humperdue that he sees and knows everything, but Abel, he's just basically ranting about Cain and Abel, you know, just talking to anyone who will listen. He's like, Abel just wouldn't believe me about Cain. Just, I guess, wouldn't believe that Cain was going to kill him. I'm guessing. I don't know. But Jesus arrives right. outside with flowers, but God doesn't let him in. And it's just kind of a, a painful man. God just turns up the asshole even farther than we thought possible on, in this episode. I gotta say, because uh, just with some prodding from Hitler, finally Jesus demonstrates his his break dancing skills, and God's kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm I'm a little busy right now, as you said, you know," and just closes the viewing slot and totally blows off his his first son. Then goes back to Humperdue. 
And when the hairstylist snags Humperdue's hair and he moans in pain, uh, God slams her into a wall, literally, you know, killing her. And God tells Humperdue they want anyone hurting him and strokes his hair. So, oh, vengeful God is, is coming out in full force lately, and he, he's kind of a shitty father, too, we're, we're beginning to learn. Jesse Tulip and Cassidy fight their way past the Grail guards, and they realize that everybody else is in the auditorium above. Cassidy kind of slips away on them briefly, and Jesse and Tulip look for Humperdew. Well, we find out Cassidy's actually probably been taken. In prison, Eugene sits by himself, and here's where the Eugene rock star thing comes in. Strums uh, the guitar he picked up singing Closing Time, which was the song I'd forgotten that he performed uh, before his shotgun incident. You pointed that out last time, Beth. Um, and now I have to have that fucking song going through my head again, and I'll probably have to put it in this podcast. Not one of my favorites. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> not your fault. You're not a preacher writer. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Lights on over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay uh, a priest joins him and confirms that they're letting Eugene out because they couldn't confirm that he ate Jesse. He tells the priest, it's like, yeah, they couldn't find him in my poop. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to have to let me go. <laughs> Who had that job? <laughs> right, yeah. How much did they get paid now? Someone like my girlfriend, probably. Well, in a way, microbiologist or lab worker. Luckily, she hasn't... Uh, Patrick, maybe. Patrick's apparently has a job where he's, he's responsible for, like, medical waste. So I'd say that would probably oh. qualify. He probably got the poop after. He's probably selling tighter, tighter uh, dirt people's body fat. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how you, you get used to those jobs. or Yeah, he's probably seen all kinds of shit that would give us nightmares for life. I'm sure my girl here too has to. That's why I respect her so much, because somebody's got to do that shit, and it ain't going to be me. So, <laughs> uh, my my last the last microbiologist I, I dated actually said that she once got a complete ass cheek on her desk once that she had to dissect and figure out shit about. I guess. Oh had an ass cheek. Luckily, no. Tina's never had an ass cheek. Luckily, but she just works <laughs> in blood all day. She. she Little, uh, she showed me the side door that they, you know, sell to people like Cassidy when, when she took me for a tour. <laughs> so uh, the priest asked Eugene what he wants, and Eugene says that he's just trying to figure out what's next and what God's plan is. That's all I've been trying to do this whole goddamn series, Father. Come on, keep up. Uh, the priest wonders what Eugene's role is as well, dismissing him with a few insults. And he's like, what could God possibly have wanted to do with you, making you, you know, ass face? And Eugene suggests that he becomes the rock star. The priest figures that God just wants to ignore Eugene as one of his mistakes. Which is probably what actually is the case, considering how much of an asshole God is. 
And he tells Eugene that when it comes to someone like him, there isn't any plan. Eugene's like, yes, I'm going to become a rock star. And he gets a little fantasy flash of what being a rock star would be like with all the, the fun, fun and deadly trappings, you know, girls and cocaine and booze. And the clock counts down to Humperdoos, and he does become a rock star. Spoilers, you know, briefly in the comics. So they're throwing us a little Easter egg there. Not really that important to the plot. And I don't know how they're going to work it into the end of this one, but we shall see. The clock counts down to Humperdoos' dance number, and Jesse and Tulip continue searching for Cassidy. God holds Cassidy in silence, though. He's holding a hand over his mouth. And Tulip finally... Uh, just tells Jesse to forget him and take care of himself. Once they leave, God offers Cassidy a mountain of drugs. Very descriptive of, you know, what he's going to give, give Pontius, you know, if he betrays Jesse. You know, mountain of drugs. He's like, just imagine an asteroid-sized hill of pure cocaine or something like that, or pure heroin. A hundred percent Peruvian heroin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Beth noticed that detail for some reason. <laughs> so, he also prop- promises him, of course, Tulip and basically Ireland. I thought he was going to do the whole, you know, Superman 2 where he's like, you know, you know Cassidy would be like, I want to be ruler of Ireland, but he just kind of offers it. Lex Luthor, king of Australia. Um, he releases Cassidy, who finds himself in Ireland in his uh, original age. We get a little fantasy thing going on. And Billy tells him to come into the cottage. They've come back safely from the war, of course. And he realizes that the sunlight isn't burning him because he's no longer a vampire. Or he hasn't become a vampire yet. Uh, Cassidy family runs out to hug him, ecstatic to see him alive after the war. Uh, Cassidy finds himself suddenly back in Masada then, and God tells him he can give Cassidy the life he never had. If it wasn't for Jesse, Cassidy could have Tulip. And all Cass has to do is uh, one little thing to have it all. She basically ends up being Humperdue's, you know, babysitter after something very bad happens to him. (laughs) This whole scene just really gets me to thinking about the whole Adam and Eve in the apple situation. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the, the, the way that he came across didn't sound quite like God to me. Right. It sounded I've been more thinking like that for a while. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he, as I said, he did kind of turn shit up to, to super evil. So, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I was just like, are we sure this is even God? Are we sure? Because this sounds a lot like the apple. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, is, is Bud Cork, Cork going to show up? <laughs> or or even... A hockey mask or a skee-ball, you know? Or even, or, or even what's his name who uh, from Walking Dead who played the devil? Maybe the devil isn't completely dead. Who knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they have time left to do that kind of shenanigans with us. I mean... Kind of been led to believe it's God all along, but yeah. And it started making me think that maybe uh, a preacher guy, what's his name? I can't think of his name, is really Jesse's God. And for whatever reason, Genesis found him because he's actually God. Hmm. That's a very interesting theory, Beth. I like that kind of. 
Uh, as I said, I'm not sure they have, I don't know if they've set up enough dominoes to, to be able to knock them down like that, but I kind of like that theory. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just got my brain to really thinking, like, it, you know, what if he just doesn't remember he is God? Well, and we, they're trying to get him to sit it back. seems more him. like it would be Eugene than Jesse. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, no, I like Beth's theory, and, and actually there's no, something. No, a good one. There's another example later in this episode where God, quote-unquote, gets very, temp- you know, we find out he's he's offered temptation to other people, too. And so, yeah. hmm. Hmm. I like that. I'm going to have to ruminate on that a bit after this episode. And during, well, I can't wait for the next one. I wish I'd release it tomorrow. <laughs> I know, me too. Um, so in an elevator, uh, Tulip tells Jesse that Cassidy can look after himself again. The ground shakes suddenly and the elevator gets stuck. And Jesse realizes that God has showed him he's arrogant and hateful. And he never thought to use his power to stop God when he was trying to bite his eye out, you know or did bite his eye out, and Tulip says that she read Jesse's letter, and she asked what perpetuity means. And, you know, Jesse explained it. She's like, well, I knew that. I just want to make sure you knew that. It admits that she wishes she had never read it. Uh, but then Jesse boosts her up so she can get out of the top of the elevator and, and try to get things moving again and find God. Featherstone is waiting outside of Humperdue's dressing room, and here, here comes the scene, folks. And mm-hmm. Stark comes over to tell her that the review is going well, and uh, she she's just thinking about things. She's like, "Wow, that's that's really it. This is about this is about to all end." And um, he tells Featherstone to enjoy the review. You know, God is secure tonight. Take a break. Star says that they they've made a great team, and he and even he still calls her like Fluffer Stone or something like that, or Fluffer Nutter. Still doesn't even have her <laughs> her last name right. But he suddenly noticed that Lara is a handsome woman, and. Uh, they, the camera cuts down, and we see that he's fondling her breasts, and uh, which is apparently foreplay in, in Star's sphere of things. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cassidy tells God that his idea is the worst one he's ever had and points out that the three billion people are going to die and when Humperdew dances and the apocalypse begins, and God corrects him about the number of people on the earth. So I think Cassidy was thinking back to his childhood still because it was about three billion back then. God wonders who Cassidy is defending. You know, so why are you standing up for humanity? They basically tried to kill you for a century because you're a vampire, and they're all eventually going to die anyway, so why not be, you know, in service of my great plan? So Cassidy tries to defend humanity again, you know, throwing out the the usual stuff like, well, you made art, and the big Lebowski, and he doesn't say that this time, but he should have. Uh, God asked him if he ever thought Tulip could love him without divine intervention and kind of hints that he, he pushed her towards him. He tells Cass that he thinks the vampire is a tired little boy who wants to go home and Cassidy breaks into tears and there's some stellar friggin' acting going on by, by Joseph, uh, Gillum, Gilgum, Gilgan. So after sex, quote unquote, Stara tells Lara that he deserved it. <laughs> You know, after tapping into his wanton uh, carnality, and she suggests if they, they can probably fit in another session before the apocalypse happened, and Lara points out that after the review, they'll be in heaven and not be able to have sex. And Star says, no, it's 
crazy talk. The new plan is limited. You're only going to kill like a good chunk of the world and we're all going to escape. But then he realized that he gave the plans to, you know, to, to change the main super apocalypse plans to Hoover 2, uh, who never got them to the, the military leaders who are going to launch all their missiles. Um, so he's like, fuck, <laughs> the whole apocalypse is going to go on. So as he gets addressed, Star explains that the point of a limited apocalypse is to kill but not get killed. And, you know, but she thought that the plan was descent, to descend and go into heaven. And, you know, she was a true believer. And Star tells her that she sounds like a religious cook. And Lara wonders what it was all for. And Star tells, it was, tells her it was about violence, powder, power, and dirty sex. And he dismissively tells Lara that she won't go to heaven anyway. So you've murdered people. You've just had nasty sex with me. And you're not going to heaven. And uh, Featherstone, by the way, is uh, is fully dressed and wearing a strap-on fist dildo, which is <laughs> glistening with uh, <laughs> lubricant, hopefully, or other things. And, yeah, so there's the image to be and burned in your head woman, I have, from this episode. I have big hands, so you can imagine <laughs> that it was a large fist. Yes, it was, apparently. <laughs> and uh, it's notable that she's also the only one looking satisfied from, or he's the only one that's looking satisfied from the whole encounter. As I said, she's still fully clothed, so I don't believe that Star is a very reciprocal lover, I'm, I'm guessing. Ah, but he does like his big rubber fists. Yay. No judgment. Yeah. Two... <laughs> two... Right, Tina might be judging or laughing or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, props to the special effects boys for that lubrication. Yeah. Beats of this. Uh, good lord. In his room, Jesus tells Hitler that his failure was failure was embarrassing. As if it wasn't bad enough, now we've got another Jesus and Hitler scene. Because why not? Uh, he's, he's you know drowning his sorrows and saying his failure was embarrassing. Hitler tells him that he's learned to never quit. You know, just keep going. But Jesus figures that God doesn't want him. What's the point? He doesn't know what to do. Uh, and Hitler's like, well, you know what you have to do. And he's like, I know, but I'm not a murderer. And Hitler just says, I am. <laughs> so. We know where that's going. Yeah, but you can see Jesus's wheels turning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Yeah. He's like, well, I can't kill my own father, and Hitler's just like, hey, guess you know who you're talking to, dude. Come on, we'll get this done. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. Yeah. So after a while, Jesse calls up to the elevator. Tulip is getting no response, and God enters the room when the. A grail operative begs her forgiveness. Um, God smashes him into the wall. Tulip comes in behind him and offers her a seat. Uh, and Tulip sits down. She wishes she'd put up more of a fight. And uh, Tulip asks it if, uh, you know, should she be blowing up the world? And she's all calm. And she asks God what he wants. He says that he wants a fight. But she will not oblige him. Jesse continues yelling for Tulip and gets no answer. And he finally uses the voice and calls for help. God tells Tulip to take a shot, you know, punch him, basically, and, and or whatever. Tulip says that she's good. She doesn't care that much anymore, and she tells her that she hasn't changed because people like her don't change. And uh, Tulip says she doesn't care what he thinks, and God offers to make her lose her temper in 60 seconds, and if she doesn't, 
Um, it'll leave her and her friends alone and call off the apocalypse the whole nine yards. And Tulip asks what the catch is, and God says that the catch is she's going to screw it up because she's an O'Hare, same as always. He turns on the timer and calls her names. Tulip just stays cool, doesn't react, and God asks her if she remembers losing the baby in Dallas. And he offers to tell her why, you know, he let that happen, but that he just laughs and says he can't remember, and that was the final straw, and Tulip draws her guns and shoots at him, but the bullets have no effect, of course. The timer goes off, and God slaps Tulip across the room and says that he wins. And he dumps a waste paper basket on the desk, takes a pair of scissors, uh, scissor blades, and then goes to work. And at first, I'm, I thought, you know, I think we we're meant to believe that he just suddenly starts carving up Tulip for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, which we find out is not the case later, but man, they, they left yes in there for a second. It's like, holy shit. The elevator door is open and Jesse walks out into the hall and he hears Cassidy moaning and follows the noise. And Cassidy has been ripped and ripped in half does not do her justice. He's been ripped in very many pieces and he's scattered all over the hallway. And, uh, he's basically, Jesse's talking to like part of an upper torso and, you know, and, Cassidy's head and he's in bad shape uh, I mean like there's no heart <laughs> no there's you know guess he doesn't dead. need one but yeah whoever you know he, <laughs> he got torn up good got, got did thorough work there yeah. um, and Cassidy tells Jesse that he said no to God you know over and over um, that he wasn't going to betray Jesse and uh, the vampire figures you know but he's like you know until I said yes basically so Vampire figures that Jesse's going to kill Humperdue rather than rescue him, and Jesse says that God won't let them take Humperdue. Uh, Cassidy admits that he finally says yes, and Jesse turns just in time for God to knock him out with a severed leg. <laughs> yeah, so God it did meet. Yeah, oh, yeah, we've lost a lot of limbs this season. It hasn't been pretty. God congratulates Cassidy on a job well done and pours blood from a dead operative, not Tulip, into Cassidy's and mouth. That's who I thought it was. Yeah. I did, too. Yeah, like, I thought it shit. was Tulip's blood. But are we sure that Tulip is Tulip? I don't know. I don't either. They didn't suddenly introduce, like, shapeshifters into this show, you guys. What were you trying to put this into my head for? <laughs> well... Okay, now just work with me for a moment here. If this is supposed to be God, can't he make anything happen? Oh, well, he could, but I don't know. Was he going to give him a fake tulip then? I mean, they they showed the dead operative, so I don't I don't think God's going to do. Yeah, one episode left, man. This that's just too much work. I know. I'm just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that whole scene because yeah, I, I, they, they he had, had me. Knife. I mean, they had me believing that he was, you know, going to go and apart. kill Tulip. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. If, if he was going to do it, he would have just done it, I think. Because um, he's got what he wants from Cassidy now. And he's got. He doesn't necessarily have to give Tulip in Ireland and all that stuff. So Gene stands on the street and plays guitar for coins and imagines himself as a rock star. Oh, that's when the rock star uh, fantasy happens. And a taxi just runs him over. So we'll see where uh, that goes. God takes Jesse to a chapel and Jesse wakes up. Well, what? I mean, you forgot what we were talking about with the taxi earlier when I made the, the Wizard of Oz reference. Oh, okay. Because his leg, his feet look just like the right. Wicked Witch of right. the West. Yeah, I said that while I was watching it too. It's like, yeah, those are ruby slippers. 
<laughs> twitching. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe, maybe Eugene might <laughs> wake up and that might just be it for Eugene. They're like, you know what? We really don't know how to end this plot line, so we're just going to have a taxi run over him and do a Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that, Brian. <laughs> God takes Jesse to a chapel. Um, Jesse wakes up. God says, the church is empty when the world is ending. But the auditorium's full, at least. He rests his case. And Jesse asks what uh, God wants since he has taken everything from him. And God says, you know what I want? I want Genesis. He wants what was taken from him. And he tells Jesse that it's a stain on heaven and hell. Jesse figures that if God wants it destroyed because it's a power to rival his own, God invites Jesse to use Genesis on him and smites Jesse across the church when Jesse refuses even to look at him. An angry God tells Jesse to command him, and Jesse refuses, and God smites him again. Tulip wakes up and discovers that the office door is locked, so again, presumably something that looks like Tulip is still alive. Jesus passes out on his bed drunk. Hitler loads his Luger and prepares to go find Humperdew. Jesus wakes up, closes the door, and asks why Hitler is doing it. And Hitler says that he wants to win and wants to eliminate a formidable opponent in Humperdew. Well, Jesus isn't so formidable. <laughs> Jesus refuses to let Hitler leave, insisting that murder is wrong, and Hitler shoves him back. Jesus shoves him back, and they fight. Star tries to fax out the overwrite orders, but can't work the fax machine, and he calls tech support <laughs> for help, which is going about as well as you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a funny scene. I'm trying to remember. Was the voice, you know, from offshore? Or yeah. Was it? In, in, I think it was know. a little implied. Yeah, I, I, I think they kind of fudged it enough so they wouldn't get in trouble with that. But uh, yeah, let's face it. <laughs> Eight out of ten times when you're talking to customer support, it's probably not from this country. True. <laughs> yep. Ah. Uh, okay. That was a funny scene, though. Mm-hmm. Tulip tries to shoot out the lock on the door, but fails. Uh, Lara opens the door from the other side, gun at the ready, and the two women stare at each other. Humperdew practices his tap dancing, and uh, watching cast, he says that he can't wait. God tells uh, he's his babysitter now, basically, just to get him to the show on time. God tells Jesse that it's time to release Genesis, and Jesse wonders why it found him in the first place, but God refuses to answer. He orders Jesse to give Genesis to him, and Jesse tells him to reach in and take it. And we're kind of assuming that God can't, or he wouldn't be asking. You know, Jesse almost gets to that point. And the room shakes, and God asks Jesse what he's done. And the saint comes in, and God says the two of them go way back. God teleports them out to a field. Or actually, I mean, I, I, I took it as it was a maybe a flashback, like he'd already made the deal with the saint. I couldn't really tell. It says here he teleports him out to a field. But uh, but same. see, I thought that that was actually what what had happened. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't it a memory? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that this happened somewhere between the point that Jesse ditched him and, and found him again, you know, or the saint found him again, because I think he basically promised to bring his daughter back, you know. Uh, killer and he's a flashback of his wife and daughter dying but yeah I'm, I'm kind of assuming since the, the saint was all about killing God you know for the longest time but all of a sudden he finds him again or Jesse's presumably called him somehow and uh, you know he's, he's obviously been given a better deal 
by, by the big G. Um, so finally, God tells Jesse that Saint is there for Jesse, not him. And the Saint advances on Jesse as God walks out of the church. But see, that's what got me again, because when I'm looking at this scene, I'm thinking that Satan was there to help bury his family, which was in the scene, mm-hmm. and tells uh, the saint of killers, well, why don't we get him? Why don't we get God? So when God actually leaves and he says, oh, well, he's here for you. Yeah. Yeah. That made me think. That oh, could well, be too. Yeah, yeah I mean, Jesse's God. Yeah. Well, either or, as I said, I uh, you know it's or obviously the, or, the, or the guy playing God is actually the devil. Yeah. Exactly. And, That's and what I'm saying. This. Yeah. Hmm. I like manifest ends up like that. Y'all haven't read like some spoiler site or anything. Have no. You? Just, no. 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 I, I, I haven't promise. even read the comics. I want to <laughs> I, read the comics. either. Yeah, because I mean, Me it's, it's definitely, I, I don't think it resolved that way in the comics. I'm pretty certain it didn't. I don't even remember if the devil showed up in the comics. I don't believe that he did. Um, maybe he did. It's been a while. But, man, yeah, I like that theory a lot. That, that would be a nice twist and, and a nice twist for, uh, for us comic fans who think we know what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen exactly. Um, Hmm. Well, I think one of the main reasons that makes me think this is because it says that we're made in God's image, right? But in order to be made in his image, wouldn't he have had to, basically what they're saying is, didn't he live here or go through everything we've gone through as we've walked the earth? Well, I mean, that's kind of the theory behind Jesus, isn't it? That's why God had to send him, you know, down here or whatever, but... No, I, right. I, I really like the theory that that's why Genesis found Jesse. Because he does make a point of asking. He doesn't really ask that question in a while. You know, why, you know, obviously he's going to ask God, but why was Genesis given to me? Right. And, and God has no answer for him because, as you said, maybe maybe he's not. Man, that would be. Well, you heard it here first, folks. So. Mm-hmm. Wow! We'll it see. just goes through my head that it's written that, in audio stone. You may have like the theory scoop of the year, Beth, because I haven't seen anything like this on the internet. <laughs> well, I just keep thinking in my head that that I I don't know that I'm right. I really don't. But that's my theory, my take. Getting to see this season, that is my take on it. Yeah, hmm. that's how I. Am seeing this. I kind of hope you're right. I don't really have any theories. I mean, I, I, I kind of think God or Jesse's, and this is not completely comic accurate, if I recall. But I, my my theory is that Jesse will end up as God in some way, shape, or form, or or somebody that we're not expecting to. Will maybe Tulip will end up as God? Who knows? Uh, maybe the saint. Maybe Eugene. Uh, it's not looking like right. Eugene's going to have a lot to do after this. Jesse. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense. I mean, they, they, they're trying to get him to take the throne, but, you know, those were also, you know, uh, soldiers of hell, presumably. Um, except for Fior, you know, because he admitted that Jesse was in hell. They were just, and, and his angel warriors became devil warriors pretty quickly. So uh, maybe Fior's been in hell, too. 
Uh, he did try to commit suicide like a hundred times, so <laughs> God might not like that, and he might not qualify for the pearly gates after that one. Um, True. Oh, I don't know, Brian. Any thoughts? Uh, you guys really have been pulling out everything here, and uh, I mean, I've, I just you know had my little ones there, but you know, again, I'm not. Sh- it's one of those things where I'm just like. I don't know. I, I I see where it's going, but I don't know where it's going. I'm just along for the ride this show yep. more than most of them. I'm just like my jaws on the floor the whole time I'm watching, and I'm just like. But you know, it's, it's one of those. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> yeah, we're 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 sitting there in bed and we're watching this, and every now and then, one of us, either one of us, will pop up for a second. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, I got it. And then, you know, and I'm sure it's going to happen like 12 times Sunday night when we're watching the finale. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I haven't read anything. I hope I'll it's just like a... turn slowly to Brian if I'm right <laughs> and pull out an actual cigarette. I don't know. What? <laughs> That's about all I've got. Um, luckily, uh, I, don't, I will not be putting in any more run DMC this week. I have a feeling that might have been part of the problem with my exporting my file <laughs> on the <laughs> editor this week. I don't know why. It's just it was it was stressful. I thought my podcasting career was over, but I, I worked I found a workaround. So I couldn't export my my editing stuff into an MP three for some reason though. So I don't know why. So pray for my editor, everyone out there in Radio Land. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't want to have to buy a, another copy of it because it's expensive. Um, and I, I don't want to go back to working on like audacity because I just can't because I've learned audition. <laughs> and I, I fear change like Wayne and Garth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's another, well, yeah, well, I no, I figured out a way to do it if if it wants to crash again. So I export to a WAV file and then throw it back in the editor and export the WAV file as an MP3. Because just gotta, get Gold Waving. You can you can load it up in Gold Wave and change it between WAV and MP3 or whatever format you want. Oh really? Yeah, I was gonna look for one online, but I, I just Gold Wave free. The editor. Uh, you can do it in Audacity for some reason. I had to go back into Audition, but it worked pretty quickly the first time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my my next uh, my next thing was to look for online service. So one more to go. Preacher's all over. I'm not ready, and hopefully they. Close I'm not it out. either. Hopefully they close it out well for us and, and better than fucking Game of Thrones. That's all I'm asking. Just be better than the Game of Thrones. Or lost endings, and, and I'll be okay with Preacher leaving us. <laughs> I just hope it's satisfying. I don't need another lost ending or Sopranos ending, or you know. Yeah, see, I don't think I can be disappointed. And that's the beauty of it. I don't. I don't think I can be disappointed in this. Whatever they give us, because they've given us so much weirdness that it's just whatever you guys want to do. I'm okay with it. <laughs> And I'm very okay with it if it goes best way. I actually think that would yeah. be kind of cool. But I don't know if that'll, that might not sit well with some of the fan base, but fuck them. It's not their show. It's, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to close out and uh, put this lady next to me to tuck her in and all that good stuff. And, and we'll be nice. talking to you next week. Bye now.
Adiós. Begun. 